Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, good morning, Raw Feeders. I am Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. And I got another one of my friends who is um, one of those that says, don't feed kibble. And she's going to tell you why, but you guys already know her. You've heard me talk about her. That's Dr. Andy Harper. She's a chiropractor um, and a dog nutritionist, and she just Dr. Andy, how long have you been working with horses, cats, dogs in this world? Hello, everyone. Um, and thanks for having me. Dee. You're welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. And I should say, you are committing, are you not, Dr. Andy, to coming on at least once a week? I am. Can you believe that? I'm so excited. I'm so excited because that means I don't have to do five podcasts a week on my own. <laughs> I have no idea how you've been doing that. Uh, I, I had a podcast for years and it was once a week and that was a lot of work. So bless your work. heart. <laughs> well, I think the more of us uh, that people hear from, the more perspectives and certainly coming from the angle that you have your hands on dogs and people are coming over and cats and horses um, are coming over um, for alternative health benefits. And we could talk about that at another time, but how long have you been in this business of, of chiropractic for animals? It's insane. It is just shy of 20 years. I've been in clinical practice, specializing in dogs. Wow. And I can't, I can't believe it. I'm not that old. I know I'm not. You don't look that old. I'm just telling you, you look awesome. I don't, I don't know what old is, but it's, you know, you look awesome. But um, yeah, so you've been doing that. You're continuing to do that. That's not easy work. I mean, I bring Asta over to you and she's, you know, she's a large, I'm sure she's not as large as all the dogs that you see, but she's not a small dog. And man, that takes a lot of physical uh, energy. And, and uh, how do you do that every single day? Does your body just get used to it? It must. It is definitely catching up with me. Like I used to be able to do, you know, I would sit at agility trials all day and do 20, 30 dogs. I'd sit on the floor all day. Now my body's starting to like push back, but there is a lot of physicality to it. Um, especially with the larger dogs, the giant breeds. Um, and then it depends on how cooperative they all are. Right, right, right. Do you know right away if a dog doesn't want to be there? Most of the time, I usually change their mind though. They're usually like very new patients, very suspicious. Okay. Um, I work out of my home. So they're like, all right, I'm in a house. All right. But what are you up to lady? And it usually three adjustments in five adjustments in they're like, okay, uh, this is weird, but I can do this. There's still that small percentage that is like, absolutely not. We're do, not doing chiropractic. And then there's a small percentage that get, come in, get on the table and go, whatever you want to do lady. Um, so, you know, the regular bell curve of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love coming to your house and doing it out of your house. It's far more comfortable. Yes. And I used to 
um, practice out of some vet clinics over the years in the Denver metro area. And they are much more relaxed coming into my home and not going into that environment, which is helpful for what I need to get done. Right, right. Love it. Now let's talk a little bit about, you know, one of the things that you've been doing, like you put out, and I've used this on my podcast, um, some information in regards to food and how that correlates with your business. I mean, obviously, if you're feeding an inappropriate diet, you can't get rid of the inflammation. And if you're going to bring a dog in and, and, you know, adjust them, and then you take them back home and put inflammation in their body via the food. I mean, aren't you kind of working against yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And in some dog bodies, very much so. I have had conversations with clients. I go, okay, if this comes down to a money thing, I'd rather you feed a proper canine diet of meat than come and see me. You are going to get the biggest bang for your buck changing the diet, pulling out all the inappropriate ultra-processed carbohydrate food, which is essentially every kibble on the market. And if I hear from one more person, it's a good kibble, I, my head just might explode. There is no good kibble. Kind of like you walking down the frozen food aisle and picking out a good frozen food meal that has been adulterated, processed, cooked to extreme, frozen, and been in that in a warehouse on a truck and now in that store for months and months and months and months. That is not what we're meant to eat. The same thing goes for kibble. Yeah, it's it's really um, wh- when you ask them what does that mean, what do they say? You know, what is a good kibble? Is that uh, no grain? Is that you know they say? Hey, I think it comes down to price tag. They pay more money for it, so it must be a good kibble. Well, we can up our prices if that's what they need. I know if that's what they need, that is not an issue. We can do that for them, right? <laughs> or uh, somebody in our government's going to do that for us, probably. But um, yeah. Yes. Well, but generally grain free. Yes. That still seems to be the number one. I don't know. The number one thing that consider makes it a good kibble. But other than, um, and we're going to talk about this, this article that you wrote where you're really helping people understand how to see if they're feeding a premium kibble because they're uh, are some standards. And I, I don't think that any kibble is going to be able to reach that standard, but we're going to talk about that in a second. But the other thing I wanted to ask you is, can you tell when a dog comes in, if they're being fed a raw diet or a kibble diet just by their coat and their smell? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. When touching them and I come up and that there is that kibble smell, which is mildly yeasty, mildly much carbohydrates in the body that's coming out the skin, um, coat. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then if I get a look at their teeth, depending on age and how long they've been doing this and all that, that'll give, give it away too. Not always, but oh yeah, there is definitely a kibble dog smell. Well, let's talk about the most common misconceptions about dog nutrition. You were saying yeah. that, 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 that their dog needs carbohydrates. 
you well, know, I don't even know if they know they're feeding carbohydrates. I, the, the impetus for this email was a client that came in and I was looking at their dog and I'm like, why is her coat looking so different? She's like, oh, I gave her a bath <laughs> and she was dirty. Okay. But she also said she, she was smelling this kibble smell. And I'm like, well, that's because you're feeding too much carbohydrates in the, in the kibble. And she goes, there's no carbohydrates in kibble. Oh, I'm like, no, there is carbohydrates in your kibble. No, it's a good kibble. There's no carbohydrates in there. I'm like, there has to be carbohydrates in there for the extrusion process. So that was really the impetus for the email. Like people don't even know what I, what maybe we are referring to when we say carbohydrates, carbohydrates are any of your grains, any of your peas any of your beans, any of your starches, any of your natural flavors are generally sugar. And all of those carbohydrates break down into the body to simple sugars that cause inflammation, that's caused metabolic disease, it's causing liver enzymes to rise. It is causing all this in people and it is causing all of this in dogs. There is research out there, there's not a lot because it doesn't feed big food, big pharma. So it's hard to get a lot of research done about it but it's there. Yeah. And the two organizations that established the requirements are AAFCO and the NRC, the National Research Mm -hmm. Council and the American Association Mm -hmm. of Bee Control. And they, according to these organizations, say that dogs do not need carbohydrates in their diet. However, they're in the bag in a very, very big way. So why do commercial dog food formulas contain carbohydrates, Dr. Andy? It's cheaper. Meat's expensive. To fill the bag, to create a food that is cost-effective, to um, participate or precipitate the extrusion process of how they make kibble, they need these products in there. They need these carbohydrates in there. It is how they do it. Um, But it's much cheaper than feeding meat. And when you're dealing with big food, they want to make a profit. I hate to tell you folks, the health of your animal is not in the top of their priority list. They actually spend more money on their bags and their marketing than they do the food inside. And I tell people this day in and day out. I hate to tell people this, but they really don't care. They want to make a product that is compliant with the AFCO standards, and that's what they do. Now, those are minimal standards, and those are um, designed by the folks that belong to AFCO, which include the vast majority of big food and big pharma. Yeah, it's just, it's just really disgusting what happens in the world. Everything is follow the money, And then the perception, you know, if you can get the perception to trust this organization and then um, they can fool you and take your money, I mean, they've got a win-win situation. And that's really what we see. And in addition to that, the slander, the propaganda that comes against um, a species-appropriate diet, right? It's just so incredible. I hear it all the time. You know, my customers will say, Uh, Well, I went to my vet and they said that I should not be feeding a raw diet and here's why. And, uh, you know, they just, they pump out the information. um, And as we've seen with everything, it doesn't seem to matter that it's a lie or that it's tainted or it's slanted um, for a certain amount of time. It usually comes out just like this whole thing about grains. 
However, it's not big news and you got to be looking for it. Uh, but by that time, you've gone and put grains back in your dog's diet. Maybe you've visited the cardiologist. Maybe they've got you on a taurine supplement. Maybe you're on heart medication for your dogs. I mean, it's just insane. Just insane. It's in, Yes, it's insanity. Um, and I still talk about the, that study, that study, that slanted study that came out. How many years ago now, Didi? I, I, it was five. Yeah. I mean, it's been years and we still have board certified cardio veterinary cardiologists recommending that you add rice to your kibble for the touring. <laughs> okay. This is basic nutrition and pathophysiology. Taurine is an amino acid. Where does amino acid come from? Muscle meat. That's it. There is no taurine in that rice. All you are doing is adding more carbohydrates, more simple sugars, more inflammation, more disease into your animal's life down the line. And more GMOs. And more GMOs. Yeah. <laughs> and glyphosate and, 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 and in trouble digesting all of that. Um, it. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to be blunt. They should be embarrassed by yeah. that lack of knowledge and that recommendation. They should be embarrassed at this point. Yeah. I just sent uh, some information to one of my customers because he said, well, my vet's recommending, you know, uh, grains. And what do you think? And I said, well, uh, let me give you the information and let you be the judge. I said, but I, I think that your vet is probably not, uh, been informed that the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> that, that's really not the, that's really not the thing. Yeah. And the key thing you said there real quick. So you can be informed. We should not, you sh no one should be taking our word for it. Nobody should taking, be taking their vet's word for it. Get on Dr. Google, go read some stuff, go educate yourself, go find out about your own nutrition. Start Mm, getting out there and informing yourself and educating yourself on what you want to do for yourself and your animal. You just recently did that. I mean, you don't have new pictures of yourself up, Amy, but you're like, <laughs> you're like this little tiny, gorgeous, I'm, fleek, yeah. slender, blonde Thank bombshell. You. I mean, you. what did you do? What did you do to yourself? I happened upon this journey happenstance last summer. I did not like the number on my own scale. I'm like, this has got to change. <laughs> this is changing. And if I'm going to keep, like we talked about earlier, this physicality of this job going, I need, I would like to feel better. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it started with this silly challenge on Facebook and did that for 90 days and pulled out the gluten and, and pulled out, I didn't pull out all the sugar. And the, way, the scale stopped. And then I found another gal. I'm on the internet. I'm searching stuff. I find another gal that was doing a lot of five element um, theory stuff with acupuncture and, and macrobiotic diet. So I did all of that. Fruits and vegetables and whole grains and the scale dropped some more. And I kept feeling worse. And I kept feeling worse. I'm hearing through the grapevine from other people on how bad I'm looking because I'm pale. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Which I noticed. Don't, don't get me wrong. I noticed that too, but I felt worse and worse. And, but the scale was better. And then 
I'm like, I'm on TikTok. This very nice looking man comes on without a shirt. So I stop and listen because that's works, right? Right. Gotta love TikTok for that. And he was talking about a carnivore diet. Is that Dr. Paul? Dr. Paul Saladino? Dr. Paul. Yeah. I love him. Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, all right. So I have been feeding my dogs for 10 years, essentially what I should have been eating. That is right. You should have been eating your own dog food. Pretty much the very (laughs) difference in my diet is I cook mine. That's it. We essentially eat the same stuff. Except for the bone. Yeah. Well, and the bone, right? Yeah. But, um, ancestrally and evolutionary, we kind of match with, you know, wolves and the dogs. They went with us. We, we shared our food with these critters for how long? Like it just kind of makes sense. And oh boy, do I feel better. And you look amazing. You know, I had Dr. Paul on my podcast. Did I, you knew that. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that one. Yeah. It was probably a year ago now. And the reason that I had him on was because he was talking about a species appropriate diet on his podcast. Yeah. And he'll mention that. Yes. He'll mention, and he'll show what he feeds his dog and all that. Yeah. Yeah. At that Mm -hmm. time, he really wasn't doing the dog stuff, but Um, but he came on the podcast because I said, listen, uh, I want to, you know, make this correlation between the dogs and the people. And he was actually in South America when I did the podcast, sitting with his shirt off, um, (laughs) with the hollow monkeys behind him. They were so loud and they were just screaming. And, uh, but it was great because he could make that correlation. And the podcast that I heard him talking about a species appropriate diet. He was talking about, he was making the correlation between how he cured his own psoriasis Mm -hmm. and then how dogs were being cured of, you know, skin problems. Right. And we see that all the time. Obviously we see these itchy dogs and these yeasty dogs and uh, dogs with, you know, all sorts of um, scabs and things like that. They just get off of the inappropriate food. Mm -hmm. They heal. So yeah, it was it was really cool. And now I think and and also I had looked at for a while to um bring in his uh great supplements that he has for humans, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. I just I cannot stand the taste of liver. It's like poop in my mouth. I cannot do it. And so I tried I have it. some of his supplements and I actually like liver. So I, oh. I'm a weirdo that way. Um yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. yeah. So I, and I know that they're expensive, but you know, I, us humans, we just aren't going to get heart and, you know, freeze dried blood and all these different things that he has. So I, I love, I love his stuff, but yeah, he did. He came on the podcast. I have to find that one. That's amazing. In this article that you sent out, you were helping people understand how to figure out how many carbohydrates are actually in that bag of food. So can we go over that, Dr. Andy? Can you help our listeners write this down? Go back and listen to this. Um, Hopefully you guys are already feeding a species appropriate diet, but I know that you have friends out there, maybe family members that still think, yeah, I'm still feeding a premium kibble. Well, maybe not after you hear about how you actually calculate how many carbohydrates are in the bag. So Dr. Andy, will you help us figure that out? 
I will do my best. Math has not been my strong suit, but you can, and you have to do math to figure out how much carbohydrates are in the bag. They're not listed. And I think that is part of the, the misconception is there must not be any carbohydrates in there. Cause like on our labels, we have how many grams of carbo carbohydrates are listed, right? They don't have to list them on your dog food, but they're in there. Um, and you want to, you're going to use the guaranteed analysis that is on every box and bag. You're going to look at the protein, the fat, the fiber, and the ash. And you can Google this. You can get Google how to calculate carbohydrates in your kibble and it will come up. But you use the protein number, you add it to the fat number, you add it to the fiber number, you add it to the moisture and the ash, and you subtract that from 100. And then the email goes into, or the article goes into a little bit more contact, um, a little more um, depth, and you can actually figure out on a dry matter basis, um, and you can calculate that. Um, are there show notes, Didi? Can I, can we put it in, do you do that? I can do it. Absolutely. I can put anything in here you would like. Okay. Cause there's actually a link to a calculator online that you just punch those numbers in and it'll do the math for you. So I can get that to you and you can put that up for everybody. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But let's, let's look at a real world example. Mm -hmm. One is the one that most people say, it, it, my vet has said that my dog has kidney problems. So we're yes. going to put them on Hill's prescription diet. That's the Katie. Mm -mm. Mm. Yes. Now this one is yes. the chicken. Uh, chicken dry dog food. Yep. So um, in this one, you have broken it down in this article that you wrote. Mm -hmm. um, and so what you show when you add the protein, the fat, the fiber, the ash, the moisture, you get a max of 53. So you take 100 minus 53, that's 47. Okay. Then you yeah. do your calculation. And basically what you came out with on the Hills prescription diet, Hills prescription diet for the kidneys, 52.2% carbs. Yep. That's half. Now that means your kidneys have to filter all that out. And I can't understand why in the world you would want, if a dog was in a compromised position to put 52% sugar in their body. But wait, 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 Edie, they can't have protein. Protein's hard on the kidneys. Okay, yes. That was another <laughs> one that was debunked <laughs> that, a million years ago. Um, actually, I was listening to, there's actually no studies in the human world that actually have ever proven that protein cannot be handled by the kidneys. No studies. No studies. None. Just, just a narrative? Just narrative that got perpetuated and perpetuated. And now the vast majority of healthcare practitioners in either the people or the animal world just spew it. And, and they don't even designate between a bioavailable protein and a non-bioavailable protein, you know, oh, which is, there. you know, the non-bioavailable is all this extruded, cooked um, fake protein is kind of what I call it versus a species appropriate, high in moisture, highly digestible protein. Yeah. It's crazy. 
yeah, the protein they do get in these foods from rice, from sorghum, from the beans, from the peas, they're laden with anti-nutrients. They are hard to digest. And yes, they're not bioavailable. Meat in the bowl, it's cheap. Meat in the bowl is bioavailable. That is nutrition. That is what the body knows what to do with. You know, the other one that I get all the time, Dr. Andy, probably you do too, is that people talk about honest kitchen. And I always say, honestly, the only thing about honest kitchen is that it's honestly high in sugar. And this example that you gave is from honest kitchen, whole grain chicken recipe, dehydrated dog food. Okay. You added it up, the protein, the fat, the fiber, the ash, you got 51 So you minus that from 100, that's 49. When you did your calculation, which is 49, divided by this calculation, you came up with 53% carbs, 53% carbs in the honest kitchen. And I said, it's always, I always am very uh, suspect when the title or the name is exactly opposite of what it is. I mean, it's like, (laughs) you know, it's- And and honestly, 10 years ago, I started with Honest Kitchen. I went from kibble to Honest Kitchen. I thought I was doing better. And there are times with my clients that that is still better because it's less processed. But my point of view is this particular um, because Honest Kitchen typically will say, "Okay, mix this with a meat or mix this with a blah, blah, blah. Or is this This one? No, this one. This one is just, you just rehydrate those ones. Now, granted, I always add more meat. <laughs> Even back then I added more meat. Yeah. Um, and I tell my clients add more meat. Um, but if we're going to go just on a processed basis, this is less processed than your um, hook to smithereens extruded kibble. Yeah. And in their guaranteed analysis on this honest kitchen, they have taurine in there. And I'm always wondering where they got that, where what's in there that they're getting that taurine from. And does that taurine actually get to the dogs if it's not a sulfur amino acids that we were talking about earlier that comes out of animal protein? I don't know. Uh, the likelihood that I just call them all resprayed synthetic vitamins that they put on all of the stuff that's on the shelves in the store is not, is not barely bioavailable. What is it? I think selenium has to be sprayed on nine times the actual amount for the dog to get what it requires from it because it's so unbioavailable. Nine times. Nine times. Uh-huh. Yikes. Yikes. All right. Let's look at the farmer's dog. That's another one that's super popular out there because that is a cooked food. Okay. So that's for those that maybe are a little squeamish. Yes. A little squeamish. Now, this one blows my mind here um, because let's see what you have here. Does that say 385.4% carbs? It's, it's not possible. So like I said here, <laughs> it's not possible. If I followed that calculation with the numbers they gave me, it wasn't working for this food. So that calculation's for a dry kibble type food. There's a mildly different calculation for canned food. Um, And this one I tried to even put in as canned, which is a wet food with a lower ash rate. 
And it just wasn't working. And like I said, math, not so good at. So I did punch it into the carbohydrate and dry matter basis calculator, and it came up closer to 34% um, carbohydrates. But if you go back up here, it does do this protein, fat, fiber. If you just subtract all of those from a hundred, you get close to, um, oh, what was, oh, that was the 34%. So it's anywhere between 31 and 38%. Gotcha. That's the gotcha. best I could do. Well, That's the best the- I could do. The, the, the best thing in the farmer's dog, when you really look at it, is the high moisture, right? So if we have yes. a high moisture, um, that's always going to be better than, than dry. And, yes. you know, I have, some, I have some folks, certainly all of our newbies that come on, they're very, very, very concerned that their dogs don't drink enough water. <laughs> So I had someone recently, they said, how do I get my dog to drink more water? I said, just feed kibble. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was on um, vacation earlier this year and my dog sitter texted me. She goes, is there another bowl of water around? Because you only have this little bowl here and I only fill it up once a day. I go, yeah, that's it because you don't generally take care of raw fed dogs. You're, you're taking care of kibble fed dogs that drink. And people are so proud. My dogs drink so much water. Um, actually your body has an easier time getting the moisture out of the food than it ever does from the amount of water they drink. Right. Uh-huh. And but it was so-, so funny. I'm like, my dogs are fine. <laughs> See, just a whole nother misconception, you know, it's all about, you know, what we, what we believe. And I always say that beliefs aren't always based in fact, a lot of times they're just, you know, what we believe, but yeah, it really is funny because I said, look, your dog doesn't, if, if the bowl of water's there and they're eating a raw diet, they're going to get the majority of their water from their food. They're not going to drink a ton. Now I will say this, when I do fish meals, my dogs drink a lot more water because there's salt in that. There's that naturally occurring salt in the fish. And, um, but other than that, yeah, they just don't drink. And that's the way that, think about it. How do animals or wild animals travel in spaces, in places where there's not any water? Because when they kill the, when they have a kill, they're drinking the, you know, the moisture from that animal. They're getting the moisture out of that body. Yep. So. And, and and when we're talking about kidneys, KD, heels, <laughs> there's no, I mean, it no just, is, yeah, I always, I always try to get my, my customers to say, well, tell me a little bit more about how the high carbs in the KD and how the lack of moisture is going, is benefiting my dog. Can you explain that to me? Right. Or how about this? Um, what is in the KD that's actually prescription that I can't get anywhere else, but here, I, I think what we try to teach here on the podcast and, and say over and over again, is you got to ask questions, ask questions. So for example, um, that particular customer that said, my vet said, my dogs need more grain for taurine. I said, well, did they do a taurine test? Um, do they know that your dog is lacking taurine? Do they have a benchmark for dogs that are eating kibble versus dogs that eat raw? 
this particular vet, I, I'm sure there are some out there, but did they have any of that? And do you know, I never, and, ever, ever get those numbers. I was going to say, did you get an answer? No, I never get an answer. A lot of times when people say, um, or they're looking at the poop, or they're worried about this, or they're worried about this. And, and Judy Jasek says the same thing, Dr. Jasek. Well, how does your dog act? Does he act happy? Does he act um, like he's full of energy? Is he good? You know, because we can tell a lot about how our dogs act. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's so amazing. So I, you know, Asta comes over to see you. She goes to Dr. Jasek and we do uh, those testosterone shot. You know, what was amazing? Um, and this hasn't happened in months, months, Dr. Andy. Asta came up the stairs and got in her upstairs bedroom last night. It's, it's, it's those victories. That's what you're looking for in your animals. People ask me all the time on a, a strictly chiropractic standpoint, what am I looking for? I'm like, you're looking for stuff that they stopped doing. It's really what you're looking for. If they're now bringing you the ball again, if they're now following you from room to room to room, they're now confident on the stairs. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, they may still limp it, limp up, but they feel like doing it. Yeah, which was crazy because we didn't ask her to come up. She, we were already in bed and I heard this and I was like, what, what is that? And it was Austin. She came upstairs. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And every one of my clients that see her here, and I tell them how old she is. They're like, no way. She looks amazing for a German Shepherd dog, like at, at her age. Yeah, she's a little limpy in the rear, but she looks amazing. I know. That's the thing. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you look so pretty. And, um, you know, it's not Ooh. like her her mind is is going or anything like that. And And she's super healthy. All right. So Dr. Andy, you are now starting to do pet nutrition counseling, which I love, love, love. Tell everybody where they can go to take advantage of your services on pet nutrition. They would head over to, thank you, Didi, um, animalmagiccare.com. And at the top of that page, there's a big red button that says, you know, are you new to animal magic? And click that button and fill out the forms. Um, That is the same place. um, If you're interested in becoming a new chiropractic client, I got to warn everybody. I'm, I'm booked out about a month. Yes, you are. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just about like everybody else in the industry in the Denver Metro area. I, I really don't know what that's about. I'm extremely grateful, but I just wanted to give everyone a heads up. And so go ahead. Well, I was just looking, so I'm on that page, mm-hmm. Animal Magic Care. Mm-hmm. You've got Welcome to Animal Magic, New to Animal Magic, Start Here, and then Returning Clients. So if they yes. want to do a pet nutrition consult, would they click on the red? Yep. Okay, so you click button. on the red button and you yep. go there and then you just put in your name and your email and hit submit. Yep. Awesome. There's, a little, there's a little information there. There's actually a code raw dog food code for $75 off right now. And we'll get that code over to DD too. Nice. Nice. Yes. And we'll get that this page linked up to, um, to your expert section on our, on our website as well. Well, that's very exciting. Um, I'm excited that you're doing that and that you're going to help so many more people. And, um, 
because, you know, we, those of us that have been doing it for a long time, Andy, we just assume, we just assume that people know and they don't. And the other thing too, is I think that you can help people maybe even consult on whether you, based on what their dog's going through. And it, let's say they're in another state. um, You can talk to them about, should they start looking at chiropractic care for the Mm -hmm. dog? What would be the advantages for that? Yeah, it runs the gamut. It can be like a moment uh, or it can be a six month journey to make incremental changes. It really, and there's no way to know every body is different. And of course you're talking to a chiropractor four years of people chiropractic school, you know, certified in animals, specializing in canines. I am sold on chiropractic. You ask me what to do. I'm going to tell you, go get your dog adjusted. I'm, I'll just lay that out there. You're going to go to a surgeon. They're going to tell you they want to do surgery. That's our point of view. There's nothing wrong with that. Use all of that as information. Um, but if you do body work, namely chiropractic, and you change the diet, that's that's your that's my point of view. That is the basis of health for your animal. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time invested. And then the sooner you start, the bigger the game. Well, and- all right, um, Dr. Andy, I'm so excited that you are going to be coming back. So every week we'll have uh, some other things to talk about. So today was just getting everybody introduced uh, to the fact that you are going to be on the podcast every week. So on your site, um, Dr. Andy, I, I've seen where you have a place where people can leave questions to answer on the podcast that you did in the past. Yes. So if so. people still want to ask those questions, we can answer them here as well. Okay. And also on my site, uh, if you just go to the contact page in the general info, um, just send us a question um, and we will answer it right here with Dr. Andy Get over to rawdogfoodandco.com. It's super important that you get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. We can help. We can make it easy for you. If you are confused, there is a button that says, I'm overwhelmed. And so all you got to do is hit that, and I will help you out. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys tomorrow right here at Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and where friends don't let friends feed kibble. See you then. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.